You're listening to Discovering Multifamily, where we discuss all educational topics in commercial real estate with an emphasis on multifamily apartment investing via syndication. And now your hosts, former NFL fullback Brian Leonard and Anthony Scandariato. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Discovering Multifamily podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Anthony Scandariato with Red Knight Properties. And today we have a special guest here, Anthony Toth. And Anthony was introduced to us by a mutual friend of ours um, out of Michigan, uh, who we actually use a lot of different investment software products. Uh, his company is called InvestNext. So shout out to Brad St. Ange. And uh, Anthony has a very interesting story, and I think he'd be a great guest for this show. Uh, he is you know, focused on multifamily. However, he's had experience in many different real estate asset classes. And uh, he had a full-time job. And he worked for another, you know, real estate operator. Um, but for those of you who know my story, kind of very similar. And it's kind of weird. We had the same first name. So uh, we'll have a lot in common here. But, you know, the focus of this show is to highlight how Anthony, you know, how old are you, Ant? 34. 34. Uh, yeah. He was able to leave at 30, 31? Uh, yeah. Yeah, okay. 31. At 31, leave his full-time W-2 job and pursue real estate investing, specifically, you know, focusing on multifamily. And he's got some other things he'll, he'll mention as well. Um, he's the co-founder and CEO at Dynasty Investment Partners. He is a partner of uh, Riyadh Sharif and uh, has a good reputation. Um, and, you know, he used to be uh, on the base- baseball team at the University of Michigan. And um, he's, he's folk, you know, like I said, he's, he's based in Ann Arbor. And uh, at his other job, he was responsible for uh, asset management acquisitions and kind of learned the ins and outs of uh, more than 4,000 multifamily apartment units and then had some office and retail experience. So like I said, for those of you who know my story, it sounds like it might be a little similar to Anthony, but really excited to have him on the show. Hopefully he's an inspiration to anybody listening. So thanks for coming on. Yeah, thanks for having me. Always always fun to talk to another Anthony, especially uh, one of the Anthonys that doesn't go by Tony. So with both of us having that in common too. People ask me, hey, do you want to be called Tony? And I just turned to them. I said, do I look like a Tony? And they're like, nah, not really. <laughs> yeah, same. Same with the last name like Toth. Tony Toth just does not have a ring to it whatsoever. So <laughs> we we nip that in the butt at an early age. <laughs> That's awesome. So so yeah, I would love to, you graduated in 2011. So did you right. find this job right outside of school? Yeah. So, um, you know, you, you mentioned on the intro, thanks, thanks for the intro, by the way, that, you know, I played baseball at Michigan and, you know, commercial real estate really wasn't in the cards for me. I, I was planning on getting drafted and playing professionally. And two weeks before the the MLB draft in 2011 broke my tibia so that those dreams kind of stopped immediately abruptly. And, um, you know, I got into kind of the property management and asset management roles in commercial real estate right away, right out of, right out of school. Um, really learning the ins and outs kind of from, from the ground level, how these, how all these different assets, uh, function and super thankful for that kind of foundation of knowledge, you know, from a, from really an early, early age. That's awesome. So, uh, obviously you learned a lot while you were there. So what was the steps leading up to starting dynasty? Like, why did you want to start that? Was there any light bulb that went off while you were at your previous company? 
Yeah, yeah. So um, the first the first gig as soon as, as soon as I graduated school, like I like I mentioned, was was really that property management, asset management role, and it was it was really a gig that I had no business getting. Uh, to be honest with you, I, I basically had a contact that I that I shadowed for a day, um, went to interview for a, a role simply to practice interviewing skills because I had never done it before. And uh, the company was was out of Ann Arbor, was looking for someone with seven seven years experience. And somehow, some way, they gave me the job. So it was very much a, a, a sink or swim scenario for from 2000. This would have been 2011 to 2015. And that's when I kind of cut my teeth and really started to learn, you know, the property management and assets, asset management side of the business. And then in 2015, I joined uh, and became a partner at a private equity shop out of Ann Arbor, where I oversaw the operations of our main investment funds that at its peak was about 350 million in valued real estate, 3 million plus square feet of just about every asset class. I mean, we were heavy industrial, heavy, heavy multi-tenant office, multifamily and retail. Um, And that's where kind of this passion for the private private equity space and really investing in, in real estate kind of really took off and grew. Um, learned learned a ton, had a had a lot of responsibilities and wore a lot of hats um, it, with that company from from 2015 to to 2020, uh, and just realized that you know hey I, there's some there's some niches that I want to focus on, which is just multifamily, um, and that led into to you know the high end short term rentals that we're doing now. Um, but but I just I wanted to do it on my own uh, with my own investors and kind of and kind of run the show my way how how I wanted to do things and that's kind of the story that led up to you know Riaz and I finding um, and establishing Dynasty back in two thousand and twenty one two thousand twenty one yeah okay so it hasn't been super super long but it's you know was the was the Dynasty idea or concept or um, in, in process while you were, you know, while you were working as well? It was, it was in process for, for probably about six or seven months before, prior to actually starting the company, um, when we found our first, when we found our first deal, but yeah, it was always, you know, it, for, for years prior to starting dynasty, it was always a goal of mine to build, own and operate my own portfolio. Uh, Riaz and I met through a mutual acquaintance. We have talents and levels of expertise that just balance that are opposite, but balance each other really well. And it was just a good fit. And it's been off to the races ever since. Yeah, that's awesome. So what did that look like? So you you guys came up with the idea. Obviously, you saw how the company you were working for was structuring the, the deals and you had the property management right. experience beforehand. Um, right. So that's property management, as you know, super important, probably yeah. more than the deal structuring. Uh, but <laughs> it depends yeah. who you ask. Um, right. <laughs> and um, so you learned all that and you were like, well, I, yeah, let me see how I can do some deals on my own. Was it the fact that you got the first deal under contract or did you close it? And then you were like, hey, employer, see, I'm out of here. What what did that process look like? Yeah, so so it uh, so I'm a commercial broker as well. So in in. And there was there was this gap of leaving leaving the old company where I just did some brokerage for a little bit before Dynasty was actually uh, founded. But it was it was definitely Dynasty was formed. You know, we we branded the company. Uh, we kind of had our our partnership structure in place. 
And then we went and then we went out and started hunting deals. And I'd say the biggest difference for our first deal than maybe uh, most uh, multi multifamily investors that are just getting started is, you know, we we were it wasn't a four, five, six unit type deal. You know, our first acquisition acquisition was 62 units. And I don't suggest that everybody that's just getting into this starts with that size of, of, uh, of an asset from, from the jump. Um, it's just that, you know, thankfully um, I was fortunate enough to have this experience under somebody else's company of, of how, of how to operate in this business. So we were able to, to just bite off a bigger chunk from the get go um, than maybe if I, if I didn't have that, that prior experience. Okay. So talk to us about that. Was that a deal in Michigan local to you? Yeah. Yeah. So we're, we're based in Detroit. That's where I lived. I spent 16 years in Ann Arbor and, and, and moved to the East side of Detroit here about a year, year and some months ago. Um, but this was a deal that was, that was actually brought to us by, by a commercial wholesaler, uh, that, that grew up in Detroit. Um, and it was his first, first attempt at wholesaling a commercial deal. He had wholesaled plenty of single family, um, and found, found a great off market property, put it under contract, flipped the paper to us. And it was, it was just, um, of a value add deal that there was too much juice in it to say no to. I mean, this was, it was a 62 unit deal that um, the owner was a Czech immigrant that moved to the country in 1990. He bought this property for 384 grand. Think about that six 62 units for 384 grand um, back in 1994. It was debt free. He was completely debt free. No note on it. Starting in 1999, he lived there. He was the one changing the light bulbs, you know, fixing the uh, fixing the radiators, all that fun stuff, um, and just kept the thing completely occupied at fifty to sixty percent below below market rental rates, um, and didn't really put a lot of capital back into the deal. And it was well it was well located on uh, on the border of Detroit and Detroit's uh, eastern suburb, which is Gross Point, which is one of the most affluent communities in in Michigan. So it was. It was located well. It had a ton of upside, um, and it was just something that we we couldn't say no to. Um, so I, I looked to one of one of my contacts in my network from my from my prior company um, that we we did a, a JV with. That he he came in and sponsored the debt. He signed on the debt, and you know we we formed a partnership where we essentially ran the deal from there. That's great. And you still have that deal in your portfolio? We do. It's still in the portfolio. Um, we we vacated a lot a, a lot of the buildings um turned turned over the rent roll increased rents by we're 20 to 30 percent we're getting ready to increase them again now that that uh, tenants are coming up for renewal but th- these were tenants that were living in the building that were not on leases everyone was month to month um the prior owner used lease applications as as leases so it was it, it was kind of a, a cluster if you will uh from takeover but that's some some of those deals that where you have to get your hands the dirtiest are the ones with the most value, and that's uh, you know just one of the many reasons why we why we decided to attack that deal for our first one. Uh, that's awesome. That 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 archetype deal profile is is usually the best. Um, yeah, that's what we what we try to find as well. Sure. Have you found a lot of opportunities like that, or was that a little bit more of a diamond in the rough? They're out there. I, we found them, but. They're out there. They're out there for sure. Um, we've had that. That's probably the biggest 
value add and the heaviest lift in our portfolio by uh, by by far. I shouldn't say probably. It is without a doubt. Um, the other stuff within our portfolio is is more stabilized. We have um, a seventy two unit portfolio in the heart of of Midtown Detroit, which is one of Detroit's you know top most desirable neighborhoods, and that that one's completely completely different. Where it was, we bought it from the original developer. It was built in two thousand twelve. There's two older older buildings that were built in the 1900s that came with that portfolio, but those those older buildings were got rehabbed in 2016. So the the actual construction quality of the asset is is tip top. It was just mismanaged where rents were below market. So that's a little different. Um, and then our our other stuff in Detroit uh, was a lot of it. The heavy the heavy physical lifting of the actual rehab was kind of done. It was more of an operational type situ, situation where the the value was added through just uh, through just management of the asset as opposed to you know a bunch of renovations and all that fun stuff. And you mentioned you have a partner. How did you 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 talked a little bit about him? How did you yeah. guys meet each other and decided this was is he full time as well? Um, sure. Yeah. So he's a. Uh, both of us are 99.9% full-time Di- dynasty is, is our baby. And that's what we focus on. So uh, Riaz Sheriff, um, who's also, you know, a, a, a native of, of suburb of Detroit and Canton, uh, Canton, Michigan, him and I met through a mutual acquaintance uh, completely, you know, by, by chance. Uh, his background is more in uh, biz- business operations and the re- and the residential uh, uh single family sales world. So he's, he has his own team within, within the Keller Williams umbrella that he's been operating for seven years, very high performer um, that way. And just, but, but knew that he wanted to get out of the transaction to transaction uh, type, type career. And that commercial real estate was the, the way to build, build wealth, build that, that passive income stream, create generational wealth. And, you know, he, he has a heavy, a heavy mind when it comes to marketing and branding, which I don't. Uh, he has a heavy mind when it comes to to building teams and uh, teams of people, which I don't. I'm more of the deal junkie, the structure guy, the the raising equity guy, and those those level those areas of expertise completely opposite, but work very well together. And it just made sense to to rock and roll, and that's what we did. So you guys have um, traditional multifamily uh, apartments under your assets under management and you have, you mentioned high-end short-term rentals. Yeah, we have high-end short-term rentals. We, we actually have um, six short-term rental units in Brush Park, Detroit, uh, which again, one, um, probably the the busiest neighborhood in Detroit as far as development and uh, and high-end development too. So we took we took a multifamily building, six units there, um, and then are running that as short-term rentals. Detroit's severely underbuilt when it comes to hotels, uh, and Airbnbs, you know, and we have all these events coming up. We have, um, the, uh, a formula one grand prix that's downtown. We have the 2024 NFL draft that's coming to Detroit. We have 2027 final four, uh, NCAA final four that's coming to Detroit and everyone's freaking out because it's like, where the heck is everybody going to stay? We have to go out. A, like a 20 or 25 mile radius from, from the city in order to uh, in order to have the amount of hotel rooms in order to meet the, the demand here. So that's why we decided to run the short-term rentals in Detroit. And then we've also expanded into the panhandle of Florida and have a portfolio of, of high-end multimillion dollar 
um, like luxury single family homes that are run as short term rentals as well. And, and we're really focused on uh, in that market uh, because we think there's a ton of opportunity and, and, and protection from downside on the panhandle of Florida where we're at. And it is, uh, did you make the decision to expand into Florida for diversification reasons or? Definitely, definitely diversification reasons. It's a, it's an area in Florida called 30, uh, called 30A, which is this two lane highway that, that hugs the Gulf of Mexico and connects basically Destin, Florida, if you've ever heard of it to, to almost Panama city. Um, and it's where, you know, kind of, kind of the upper middle class from the Southern States go to vacation. And it's an area that my parents, and again, we're from, um, I grew up in Cleveland and, and, my, my parents and I lived in, in Ann Arbor, Michigan. So we're, we didn't really have ties to the panhandle of Florida. It's just a place that, uh, our family had vacationed, uh, for a few years prior to my wife and I having kids and beautiful area. At first I, I had all the hesitations in the world to not go down to the panhandle. Didn't know anything about it. Didn't know what it looked like. And when I got there, it was just kind of blown away. It was, sugar white sand beaches and emerald, you know, almost Caribbean-esque type waters. Um, and when we went down there again this past June, I guess it was June of 22, everything that's going on there from a development, from a development uh, perspective, the infrastructure that's there t- to run short-term rentals, that economy down there is built on short-term rentals and dependent on that. It was just one of those aha moments where it's, Hey, if we don't take our business model um, that we're using to syndicate to syndicate multifamily deals and do it down here, we're missing out on too good of an opportunity. And there's and there's so much built like built-in protection down there um, that it was just one of those things where we we couldn't not do it. That's awesome. And so, what percentage of your portfolio is the multifamily versus short-term rentals? Uh, 90% of the portfolio is multifamily, 10% is short-term rentals. But we, I, I do think that a, that the short-term rentals is going to be a heavier focus for us in the next 12 to 18 months, just because of the cash flow that we can pump from those compared to long-term rentals. Uh, but you never know. We're, we uh, like you, right? I mean, we're, we're underwriting and looking at hundreds of deals a month to try and, to try and find, you know, the one or two that make sense to bring to our investors and, you know, it's not, we're not just underwriting and looking at short-term rentals. We're looking at, we're looking at multifamily deals as well. Yeah, that's awesome. And I, I think, you know, I haven't, I haven't heard of a lot of sponsors in the Detroit metro area. So I think you have maybe an advantage there. Um, you know, I, I haven't heard many sponsors who live in Florida that are investing up, you know, up there yeah. um, yes. or in other, other states. So uh, if you have your, you mentioned you're a broker too, I'm sure you're leveraging that. Um, right. As we kind of, you know, conclude the podcast, what would you say to someone who's kind of maybe looking to invest in real estate, you know, full time and is, you know, has some experience in terms of maybe professionally or uh, just education wise, listening to whatever this show or other shows and reading books, um, but they are nervous to kind of pull the trigger. Um, like you've had a lot of confidence just because of everything you spoke about here. Um, what, what was like the one piece of advice you would say to someone who's looking to do this full time that that's in a similar situation uh, or maybe a little bit different than, than you were? Sure. Yeah. If, 
and I think about this a lot and I, I kick myself a lot because of it. If my, my biggest advice to someone who has, like you said, a level of education and an understanding of how the, of how this business works and how real estate investment works, my biggest advice is to just freaking do it. Like you're, you're, we're a lot more capable of, of investing in real estate ourselves than probably we give each other, probably we give ourselves credit for, um, there's, we can listen to podcasts, we can read books, we can study how other individuals have done it, but nothing teaches you like experience does. Um, you know, we're going to learn from our successes and we're going to learn even more from our failures. Uh, but if you're not in it, entrenched in it and doing it, you're never, you're never going to have and, and gain that experience to really take off and scale your business. So do it. If you, if you, if you're hesitant, about starting it and and jumping in full time and doing your first deal or your first couple of deals, you're you're ready. You're more ready than you think you are. Just do it. Yeah, love that last piece of advice. And for anyone looking to connect with you, how can they do so? Yeah, they can visit our company website, which is uh, www.investdynasty.com, or they can also feel free to to reach out to me directly. My email is my first name, Anthony at investdynasty.com. Um, they can also follow me. You know, we're we're heavy on on social media too, on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, TikTok. We're we're out there. So um, yeah, nice. Well, we'll have a link to Anthony's website as well as his social media in our social media descriptions as well, and on iTunes. If you liked what you heard and or saw today, please give us a rating and review on iTunes. It would help uh, the two Anthony's get our message out to a greater audience. So we really yeah. appreciate that, and uh, looking forward to. Uh, keeping tabs on what you're up to and connecting again in the future. Yeah. Thanks, Anthony. Really appreciate you having me on. Love what you got going on and would love to, would love to touch, touch base with you again here sometime in the future. All right. Thank you.